0: Oh, yeah. Hey, guys.
2: I think I think we got our song, but we're not quite sure. But anyway, <laughs> welcome back to another AfterBuzz After Show for high profits. I, I think this has become our favorite after show, like, <laughs> overnight. Mm-hmm. And it's it been really amazing to talk about this show. We've had amazing people reach out from the show. Today, we've got Patrick... Cunda, I don't know how to say his last name, but he's going to call in and I'm going to tell you how to say his last name. He's going to share all of his inside information with us. It's going to be awesome. I'm your host, Steph Z, and today on the panel, we've got the lovely... Meredith Placco
3: And... Andrea Fasano. I'm back, guys. Hi. I know. We <laughs> missed you last week. I missed you guys. You guys did an awesome show. Thank Way to represent. I'm Thank sorry you. I couldn't be here, but I'm back. Good. Yeah. It's been
2: really, really awesome. I feel like we've all gotten educated about this. And we all do come from different backgrounds and have different experiences with, you know, marijuana Mm -hmm. and what it's meant and been in people's lives, which I think everybody does. And, you know, we touch on this again. You know, one of the big things that we'll get into with this episode is this big council meeting. Um, So we'll, we'll touch on that. Well, we see, you know, Catherine Grimm uh, creeping in like the Grim Reaper a little bit. Hey, Catherine. And we love her. (laughs) And just so you guys know, next week, Catherine is going to be on our show. She's coming to L.A. to the studio. So we're super excited about that. Again, we've gotten so much support from the show, from CNN Original Series. It's been really, really awesome. I believe we have Patrick on the line. Are you there, Patrick?
1: I am. How are
2: you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for calling. And I I kind of, like, mutilated your last name, so could you tell me how to pronounce that real quick?
0: <laughs> it's all good. It's pronounced Candellas.
2: Ah, there you go. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Patrick, um, to all the viewers out there, is one of the co-executive producers, the showrunner. So, I mean, Patrick, you're kind of the man. You kind of got this project rolling, right? Tell us a little bit about why you... Like, what was it about this situation, you know, Brian and Caitlin that drew you into you know wanting to make this a docu-series?
0: Well, I was actually one of our executive producers uh, used to have a house in Breckenridge. So he used to walk by uh, BCC on Main Street all the time. And one day just decided to go up and see who, who owns this spot and uh, see if there was a story there. So we started talking to Brian and Caitlin and then we got together as a group at Batbridge and had some people go out there and meet them and then uh, we had a really long kind of unique development process to figure out if this was a story that was interesting enough to tell and and were there were there good characters.
2: And, and clearly we see that this was and it was an amazing story to tell and I can't wait to see how it all plays out yeah, really um so so in this particular episode, episode four, you know, we'd love to get some of your inside scoop on some of the things that were really happening as opposed to what we as the viewers see happening. Um, And I feel like this is a really good episode, actually, that you called in for because they actually even mentioned in the town meeting that it must be great for you guys in the back filming. Were you actually there in that scene?
0: Right. Yeah, I was personally not in that scene when that was going on. I was back in Austin working with our our amazing post-production team, but Gary Gallagher was the council member that said that. And Gary was initially um, very weary about being on camera. And it, it took quite some time to convince every member of the Breckenridge Town Council to, to talk to us on camera. Um, they're all very nice people. Um, they all, you know, really believe what they are doing is in the best interest of the town. Um, just, you know, just like anything else, those opinions on, on, how to go about that very severely. Um, and yeah, at that moment in episode four, everything kind of blew up.
1: We yeah. were not mm-hmm.
0: expecting that at all to mm-hmm. happen. We, we didn't think there was even going to be a vote, an issue, uh, anything that went on in the series. We were not Had no idea that was going to happen. But. Everything in, in episode four got a little crazy. It surprised us all.
3: It was definitely
2: good viewing for us. Yeah, mm-hmm.
3: I think what I really liked... Hey, Patrick, how are you? Zandra. <laughs> Hi, Andrew. Um,
1: how
3: you doing? Um, I think that what I really liked is um, even breaking of the fourth wall and how you guys kind of kept that in there. When, when one of the um, board members turned around and was like, These cameras are loving it. We're yeah. giving them such a show. And you're like, Yes, sir. Keep going, please. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It was it was interesting. I mean, the fourth wall bro- was broken quite a few times. Yeah, um, it didn't make it into the final cut as much as it actually happened. I'm sure because in that four, what really happened was the you know the the BCC uh, when we started shooting. You see, in episode one and two, um, they were asked to leave. I believe it was in September because they were there on Main Street for recreational sales for four years, and right. then we obviously shot the first day of uh, recreational on January 1st, but they knew at that point we're going to have to leave in September unless new people come into the council and they do a vote and, and reverse their decision to keep us there. So by episode three, that council change has already gone through, and they had four to three vote for them to stay. Right, And then enter Catherine Grimm at episode three. <laughs> the first time we actually, the crew met Catherine was she was, uh, hired as a consultant by the airport road dispensaries, basically Brian and Caitlin's um, competitors in Brackenridge Ridge to represent them and they wanted kind of an all or nothing stance with pot shops on Main Street. Right. So they were upset you can't just have one they wanted to have <laughs> the access of all of them or kick Brian and Caitlin off and, and go to Main Street. So when that kind of happened that started a whole whole another debate in the town Council members were very concerned that, you know, they were creating, a, they were legislating a monopoly, essentially, and, uh, and then it was, okay, well, let's look at bringing on um, airport road dispensaries on, on Maine. Let's see what that looks like. That's what you see happening at four at the council. One of the council members, Mark Burke, says, is this real? Like, <laughs> looking at the map. Right. He says that to the police chief, when she's you know, basically saying, we could have one here, 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 and here. And that kind of freaked everybody out. Like, wait a second, we could actually have, like, eight or nine shops on Main Street? Yeah. I mean, so, that's so weird. When that when that got out the town, the town looked kind of crazy.
2: So I have a quick question for you. And, again, we only have watched up to four. So um, mm-hmm. we try and keep it kind of spoiler-free so people can watch around with us. But did you – so if I'm understanding correctly, you guys – didn't know Catherine until she kind of just appeared in the mix. She wasn't... When you guys went to do the project, you didn't know that there was this person that would come in halfway through. So did you kind of have to, like shift and redirect in order to include her in this because again as a docu-series it's you're documenting it it's not like there was a character that you know you know enter episode four (laughs) you know Catherine walks in so how did you guys were you what was like the feeling of the crew were you guys excited like ooh, who's this new person or was it like okay we got to figure out how this you know what's happening
0: Yeah. Well, first, thank you all for actually correctly referring to the show as a docu series and not as a reality show, because I grind my teeth every time I (laughs) see that. We were, like you said, we were following this as it happened, so we did not know Catherine before we started shooting. We didn't work with Catherine in development. In fact, in development, we were trying to find people that were opposed to this entire, you know, legalization movement in Breckenridge and pot shops being on Main Street. And we were essentially told, I mean, talking to the mayor for the first time and the police chief, you know, I asked everybody, who is somebody that's upset about this? Who can we talk to? We want to cover both sides of this. You know, who is anti marijuana in this town? And everybody kept saying, you're not going to find anybody. Oh. There's just nobody's angry about this. They're upset. You know, uh, Breckenridge is such a progressive place with marijuana. It's a ski town. It's a party town. It's known for that. So we were kind of going, okay. Um, we'll see what happens, and then Catherine. First time we literally saw her is when she got up in town council. I think you see it in episode three, and introduced herself as represent, representing the, uh, the Airport Road dispensaries. So at that point, we we met with Catherine and said, you know, can we can we interview you? Can we follow you as you're you're doing this for um, the Airport Road people? And she said, absolutely. And that totally just. Happened by accident.
2: Wow, that's really awesome that it played out. I'm sure you guys are like awesome. This is, The plot thickens a little bit. Um, Meredith, what did you
4: want to add? Hey, Patrick. Um, Meredith here. So as I actually worked in the news industry for the last uh, 15 years, and that's and something that actually drew me to high profits is how it is a docu-series versus a reality show. And I actually wanted to kind of go on a more technical side and, and kind of talk a little bit about more of the challenges you guys face. Like, like you said, you didn't have Catherine Grimm up, you know, uh, on the roster beforehand. What were some of the other unexpected Uh, but possibly beneficial things that popped up during filming uh, that you could say, you know, speak of that maybe enhanced or even weren't presented as challenges. Because I think, you know, this sort of programming is so new to many viewers. A lot of people are kind of asking the questions, and I I really want people to understand that this is akin to a a documentary of following, you know, a group of people versus putting them in a forced situation.
0: Yeah, the whole thing was, was a huge challenge, Meredith. It was constantly looking at the schedule, working with our team, figuring out what are we going to shoot, (laughs) not knowing what's going to happen. You know, we would meet with Brian uh, and Caitlin regularly, meet with Catherine, meet with everybody that was involved and say, what is your schedule, what's coming up? And then we would all get together as a group and try to figure out. And at that point, we're all just guessing, Mm -hmm. you know, how the storyline would unfold. Is is this thing on Tuesday we're shooting? Is is this on Thursday we're shooting? So we were – there was plenty of days where – we woke up and had no idea what we were going to shoot, what was going to happen. We just had the crew on standby waiting, which was yeah. terrifying. Yeah,
3: yeah <laughs> I know what that's like. You,
4: you guys, I mean, I just, you know, you did a fantastic job putting this together. It's it's definitely something, and I, you know, I was speaking um, to, the, to CNN last week about it, that, you know, from, from my standpoint, you guys are putting something together that I think is compelling and entertaining and good television, and I'm really excited to see what you do from this point forward.
0: Well, thank you so much. We had a fantastic team in the field, and, and our post-production team was amazing yeah. as well. I want to talk to some of the, the yeah. post-production, because yeah, the, the editing
4: on that is fantastic Like the music choices and right. the bikes you use. Well, I think, too, one of the things that I love
2: about this show, too, is it's interesting that you say it was hard to find people that oppose this, because I feel like... It is such a, and, and for me, the reason why you know it rings true as a docu series is because you are showing both sides. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a very middle. I mean, like I get probably in talking to a lot of you, you guys all probably are pro marijuana and, and the legalization. You're not maybe against it. Maybe you, maybe you guys are. Maybe you're not. But it feels like. It's a very story told from the midpoint. Like there's not – it's not like you guys are trying to get people to feel one way or another. You're just trying to show the situation so that people have more knowledge and education so that they can make their own choices. And for me, that's kind of why I'm so drawn to this because I do feel like, you know, this whole, you know – discussion of marijuana, there is such a taboo still around it. And, you know, you guys do show like, the, like you touch on a lot of different things, but it's not like, right. you know, it, it's not just trying to force people to believe that it should be illegal and they should be able to stay. Right. And on top of yeah. that, go ahead.
0: No, speak? we didn't. We, that was intentional. Yeah. I mean, everything mm-hmm. you're saying was something that we talked about beforehand. We did not set out to make a pro marijuana pro legalization docu-series. Yeah. That was not mm-hmm. the case. At all And I think Um, that
2: that's You know Apparent and clear Which is Again I feel one of the best ways To educate people Because you you can't force people You just got to give them The mm -hmm. information And and then hope that You know People Get educated Because I feel like A lot of people don't they they feel a certain way, and you see it over and over. Again, in this town meeting, you see it over and over and over that people have these strong anti-beliefs, but they don't really know why. Right? You know, there's no real tangible reason why they're affected or not. It's just they think this, this appearance or they think mm-hmm. it's going to make a town look a certain way, but they really it, – it's all fear-driven or something that they've never experienced. They just don't – they want to shun it rather than learn about it, you know?
0: It's it's really not a black and white issue, and that was something that we we figured out right away because I had no knowledge of the the medical marijuana industry or how that worked or how insane the regulations were. And it's you know, if you look at the town council, I think when they voted for Amendment sixty four in Breckenridge, it was like six to one in favor. And the town has notoriously all the votes. They had three different votes on legalization, and it was all seventy to thirty four which are insane numbers.
1: But even within
0: that, when you allow the towns to try to regulate how that's going to work, that's where there's a whole lot of different opinions Mm -hmm. going on. And for us, we kind of found that with every step along the way when we're telling the story. I mean, one of the best, or one of my favorite points to show both sides is in episode four, when you have the Iraq war veteran that comes into the shop who uses, um, medical marijuana for his pain. And while he's talking with the bartender, Sonny and some of the other guys, were intercutting between, um, his last name I think was Doyle, but he was oh, a lobbyist Doyle. against mm-hmm. marijuana. Yes. And he makes some fantastic points comparing it to, you know, look, if this is really going to be medicine, imagine if you went into a pharmacy and they said, you know, what kind of icon do you want today? You want the stronger one? You want this? And it was just really interesting when you hear everybody's opinions. And we, we definitely wanted to include as much of those as possible. And in fact, I think, I think we used almost every piece of footage we had with people that were opposed to this. I mean, everything that we had, we put in because it was so difficult to get people, especially who were opposed to legalization, to talk because their fear is, like with reality TV, we're going to cut them in a way that makes them look stupid. Or, you know, if we don't agree with their opinion, we're just going to make them look bad to prove our point, which was something we were not going to do.
2: No, I think you guys did a very good job at not doing that. It's not Mm -hmm. like you're trying to dumb down the one opinion versus another at all, I don't
3: think. Mm -hmm. I think um, one of those things—I uh, actually have a few comments. It's like you can't talk about the show and not talk about so many elements of it because, right. like you said, it's not just black and white. Um, one of the funny things to me is it kind of sounds like anybody who does come out against it Sounds like the dad from Footloose. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get to mention that the first show, but <laughs> mm-hmm. that's exactly what it sounds like when the council's talking and th- some of the board members, what they say, if it is not irrational, but if it does sound ignorant, like they don't know, it, they, their stance really has to do with like the kids and teaching them, you know, whatever. Right. So it's so Footloose reminding. But, um, what you just said with that expert, uh, Doyle, uh, Bob Doyle. But, is, his name. is that his name? Yeah. Think, think of Bob Dole. Um, <laughs> it's just so funny because I was watching that too, uh, Patrick. And, I, you know, at first, you kind of see what it says as his title. And then you're like, wait, which stance is he on? Because he, even he doesn't have a straight, outright no marijuana. But he does make a good point where you go, yeah, who is going to be the one to kind of um, regulate it? And, and if it doesn't need a substance. Right, but the pro and
2: con of that for me is that if it was regulated, there'd be more doctors. Like, I've literally been to a neurologist Mm -hmm. that's told me, well, if this doesn't work, you should try try it. But I can't tell you how much Mm -hmm. or what to help, which is kind of you know, the flip side of that whole argument is I feel like the regulations and the government and all that is kind of hindering that process. But that
3: leads to so many other yeah. things too, yeah. like if you start regulating that and the amounts and who's to say that what's good enough well, and what's not. Meredith
4: here, I'm going to jump in real quick because um, there was just an article put out this week in LA that, that actually yeah. talks about um, California's going to be looking into uh, voting to actually regulate medical marijuana to open it up where the state will start issuing um, you know the the dispensaries, and that they're going to actually have a medical board who will be in charge of looking at dosages and what people can take. Which you know, I, I'm with Steph. I'm suffering from uh, a great deal of neurological issues that I was just diagnosed with uh, a very severe and rare form of, of migraine aura. That I I literally have been losing my vision since Ugh. November, and my doctors are like, "Yes, we want to give you this really weird experimental blood pressure anti seizure medication that could have all these terrible side." effects but you know you could also probably just go like we can't tell you to go do this but there are other options for you but we can't actually say them and i think one of the one of the things that i'm hoping that actually i don't even hope but i i i feel that with high profits getting the exposure out there it's causing people to question the laws put in place not just you know in terms of like where do you put your money Mm -hmm. but looking at the regulation on the medical side because i think once we do that it's going to open up a lot of Minds. (laughs) Minds, well, <laughs> but it's, it's just like people. that with
2: anything. Like when you started with a drug of Vicodin, like how did they know how much a, a correct yeah. dosage yeah. is? You know, I'm sure they had to do tests. I'm sure some people had got too much, some people got too little. I'm sure there was effects mm-hmm. of that. But yeah. I feel like with this, you know, there aren't many bad side effects of medical marijuana. So it, it's something that can be.
4: And the fact that we can we can now take out the hallucinogenic properties and just like yeah. take out the THC and just wow. focus on I don't know that marijuana is a hallucinogenic. <laughs> well, <I'm sorry>. well, <laughs> well, but you know I'm, I'm using the wrong yeah. phrase. I'm sorry, but not hallucinogenic. I'm yeah. sorry. There's a the, the I guess they remove the THC. I'm I'm still learning. I'm yeah. very new to this world, <laughs> yeah. so I'm still learning and, it. And time out, real quick, Patrick. Yeah. When we get into
2: discussion, like, just feel free to chime in yeah. whenever you want.
4: Yeah, sorry, we get really excited. <laughs> like we get excited,
2: um, but you probably you were there, so no, you no. might know yeah. more than yeah. us. So just and, feel free to
4: chime in. And I I am a super noob when it comes to the the world of marijuana, especially on the medical side. But but as it was being explained to me by by someone that they can remove the the is it narcotic? the whatever the the, the negative property of it that scares people See, Again, people though, high. that's not negative. You,
2: like that's part of the way the conversation goes. Okay, it's fair enough. People, I, you maybe. know, there's certain compounds in marijuana, and I'm probably mm-hmm. the most familiar with this mm-hmm. on the panel. <laughs> yeah, there's certain compounds that cause you to, you know, feel certain things that are, you know, it's not a hallucinogen. Like, yeah. I'm sure anything in doses, whatever, but right. it's not a negative thing because it's not, it's not, you know, found completely addictive. Like, there's certain parts of it, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, but, okay, it take, takes out, take out any the, of yeah. the things that make you, quote, unquote, high high and gives and you, they, the they give you the beneficial benefit yeah. of the cannabis yeah, to
4: me that would be i mean if i could drink alcohol and just feel happy buzzed as opposed <laughs> to getting like hungover, drunk, drunk and sad, I, you know i would take a pill for that too but but that's not what this is gonna do i know but i'm but that's what i love about the medical side of, the, of marijuana is that they can isolate i okay let me let me rephrase what i said they can isolate and target the medicinal properties and subs and in Give those to people right again, now. Though just it's not regulated, totally. So I just but comparing it to store, alcohol,
2: there's no you can't no, take just, anything out of it. And alcohol's
4: good. You no, know, it was a what if mind. situation. Okay, it. it was in a, like a, in a sci-fi world where they have alcohol <laughs> pills that just get you happy drunk and not staggering. Totally, the blue pill or the red pill. Yeah, See my, my brain. scary stuff about that and what,
3: this is what I'm saying about the regulations mm-hmm. of the doses. The guy, Sunny, when he's talking about there's this kind and it gives you more of an upbeat. I think regulating it is actually a bad thing for the industry because it's going to put a whole lot of, um, you know, regulations or (laughs) give me another word, you know, it's going to put a whole lot of stoppages on certain aspects of the industry. And I don't necessarily think that's a good thing because I think that's going to be federally run and that's going to be based on money. What I'm talking about is literally medically, hey, this green bird is <laughs> for this medical property. This will help you like this. This, You know, instead of just saying, this will give you an upper, well, this give you you, or this will give you a downer, this will give you this. Figuring out what each strain does if I think they, would be way more beneficial. I'm pretty
2: sure they have knowledge Ideas on that. Ideas of that? Well, that's great. They have great. knowledge on that,
3: but, yes. I mean, the whole point is that that guy, like, even with him thinking that he's saying it negatively, if all he's saying is just, yeah. it's it's well, running think, the gamut with it just by like letting yeah. it be free, I don't think he's necessarily against it either. You know, Patrick, you were saying that nobody was really oh, he's against, against it. it. Oh, yeah. It? It he, sure. he
0: is. He, he is. Okay. He's, he's super mm-hmm. against it. He, he I mean, but what he was saying was it's not there's there's a difference between the medical marijuana movement and cannabis-based medicine. Oh, okay. And he's saying those two things are different and the way that they're being run are completely different. And that's a very interesting point.
1: Yeah. yeah. Because um, yeah, He's can- not
0: saying that there's not medicinal benefits to marijuana. He's just saying... This isn't being done by doctors, this is being done by anybody standing behind a counter who's, you know, giving you something as if they were a doctor saying this will help with this, this and this. And there just isn't a whole lot of research right now that has been done on that Mm -hmm. to really back that up.
4: Yeah, it's very akin to going to the, like, nutritional store <clears throat> with herbs and vitamins. And we know right. certain vitamins say things, but, you know, how many, how many of those, Should like, are federally regulated to do certain things? Like, will taking collagen vitamins really give me youthful skin? <laughs> Uh, Yeah.
0: And then again, the flip side to that is you have a a war veteran that has a a severe injury spine being fused. He's saying, this is what works for me better than anything else. So in essence,
2: you know what? And and for me, that was such a powerful statement when James Posey and and even when Josie Posey was also there saying, I'm going to get it for him so Mm -hmm. he can get relief. It's Mm -hmm. like in this country, you can go and you can fight for us and you can be disabled for us. But you're not allowed to take the thing Mm -hmm. that's going to make you feel better. Yeah.
3: Like, how... And 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 like that sums up and the it whole seems, situation. Yeah, and it, it seems me. way
4: safer to me to say you smoke uh, smoke a joint or take some CBD juice to help pain versus popping four or five Vicodins because one Vicodin is addicting. Two, the effects lessen the more you take it. Mm-hmm. And 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 it boggles my mind that we have something that's within our grasp that can help so many people who suffer from so many different ailments, and yet we're not making a bigger push to discover this. Like, or, we're or, or, not, yeah. and we are, because yeah. like
2: shows like this, you know, again, thanks, Patrick, are starting this conversation. Yeah. You know, we wouldn't have been we wouldn't, have been, we wouldn't have been, and you, it's clear that we all have different views, and, and we wouldn't have even been talking about this if this show didn't exist. So, again, we're
4: so happy you guys made this we show. We might be high-profit fangirls.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: I don't like to say fangirls. Well, another angle with high profits the reason that we we went with Brian and Caitlin and focused on them was Breckenridge itself. There's been a lot of marijuana shows that have been done, a lot of them that have been done poorly, and it's kind of been stigmatized in the television industry as kind of a boring topic, Mm -hmm. and a lot had been done in Denver, but Breckenridge is a very unique town. It is a tiny town, 5,000 residents roughly, that's very progressive party town, but at the same time, all of their economic revenue comes from tourism. So that is really like the wrench that's kind of thrown into this entire thing. Because the town is very much pro marijuana. Yeah. But I've the, had yeah. the money that comes with tourism is what really changes everything.
2: Yeah, a hundred percent. I've had I've been there, I've been snowboarding there a few times and that's a hundred percent correct. Like it's just it's crazy. And you're right, there have been a lot of shows and I feel like people expect that. Like when a lot of people hear about a show about marijuana, they think they're gonna turn the TV on, it's just gonna be a bunch of people being high, like, eating Doritos and playing video games. And this completely is a smart show. And in that, I also love how this is a show about a business, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's very – it's, it's, you know – underlying it's the marijuana industry and the legalization of that, but we're also learning about the growing pains of a business. Meredith, what did you want to add? Oh, I was
4: just saying, well, it's, it's interesting, you know, you make the distinction that, that Breckenridge is a tourist town and that marijuana, especially the the open legalization going from medical to recreational, is such a, a big money grocer for them that how much of the, the council is so set against it on Main Street. And I actually wanted to ask you, Patrick, um, you know, some of your experiences in, in filming and, and storytelling-wise, you know, you mentioned how Gary was reluctant to talk um, on camera at first, but he obviously is the most opposed on the camp council, at least the, the most vocal, and how he actually, you know, uses his weight as a council member and a member of the community to put pressure on other council members.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because they, they are all very, like I said, they're all pro-marijuana. The mm-hmm. town itself is pro-marijuana. Um, Gary was, you know, it was getting everybody getting, me getting anybody to talk on camera was really difficult. I had a harder time on this show than any show I've ever worked on, getting people to agree to talk on camera. I was surprised by that. I don't really understand why. Again, marijuana apparently was a taboo topic. Um, But for for Breckenridge, they're a wealthy town. Mm -hmm. They're extremely wealthy. They don't need revenue.
1: Mm -hmm. The revenue
0: that they get from marijuana recreationally is a drop in the bucket mm. that tax revenue means nothing to them mm. so the the biggest fear for the town is that they are going to offend tourists by having marijuana on main street yeah
4: and then and
0: if do that that you know that kills the uh, all that revenue that's coming into the town
4: that that's interesting because the way you stated it i feel that like that hasn't been as I mean, I get clear. they say that on the show, the the council members and other people have said that, but that the way you put it makes a lot more, yeah, it's yeah, much more clear.
2: It, it makes a lot more sense as to why they mm-hmm. wouldn't want them there. But for me, my thing, and I, and I know that I touched on this last week when we had Lizzie on the show, was that, uh, for me, I feel like it's clear that whether it be today, tomorrow, whoever wins, whether Brian and Caitlin are there, they get kicked off or whatever, it's like eventually, no matter which way you slice it, this is going to be allowed. Like, they can't hold their ground forever, I don't think, especially with what's happening. So for me, it was just so interesting because I would... Brian and Caitlin seem to be following all the rules, you know, going to the extent of even in last episode of, like, kicking, you know, a homeless guy... Off a bench in front of their store, like going, (laughs) like they seem to be going above and beyond what's being asked of them to cooperate with the town. So for me, I would want someone, you know, they talk about wanting to get this new location, the steakhouse. um, You know what I mean? Like they want to do it right. They seem classy about their business, they seem very business oriented. So, yeah, so I feel like I would want. Them to be there. The pioneers. Yeah, like I would want them to be there and I would almost protect it. And something again that I feel like is not touched upon a lot is what they did to risk to have that spot for when that legalization happened. So for me, I I feel it's weird to me that no one brings
3: that That up. Because they're thinking past that.
0: Yeah. Which is. There's a lot more that's going to be coming out in the next few episodes after four, but I think Brian, Brian and Caitlin were pretty well liked. Around town. Yeah. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. of that. They're very smart. They're very ambitious. They conduct themselves very well, Mm -hmm. very well in public. Their interactions with the council, they were doing things in the community. Their employees would go out and do community litter pickups and stuff like that. Mm So they had a presence in the community and everybody seemed to like them. The real issue, and you see it in F4 towards the end with the council, was when the council started to consider having five, six, seven, yeah. potential pot shops on Main Street. But everybody got upset. Yeah. Everybody was like, This can't turn into Amsterdam. We're gonna destroy the town. So from that moment on it didn't really become Brian and Caitlin as much as it did if it's all or nothing, we're gonna vote nothing.
2: Right. And do you think that so Catherine kind of got caught. And it was mm-hmm. it Catherine that kind of shined that light on I'm the council. Say, who did that? Yeah. Catherine. yeah.
0: Yeah, Catherine. Catherine was the one that really pushed Cause she was representing, she was being paid by the, um, the airport road dispensaries. Right. Um, you know, know, which is interesting. We want all or nothing.
2: Which is interesting to me that Brian and Caitlin have been pretty much showing up and representing themselves the entire time. And the other stores didn't show up. They sent somebody on their behalf.
0: And the other stores refused to talk to us on camera.
2: Really? I walked into
0: their shops personally, asked them multiple times. We reached out multiple times. To try to get everybody's opinion, and yeah, none of them want to be on camera.
2: Did they give you a reason why, or why do you think that is?
0: I, from what I was told and what I heard from a couple, everybody's afraid of the feds. They're just all afraid. To look bad? It's, it's, it's so weird. They're afraid of the feds coming in and busting them, even though they advertise in the paper everybody knows it's there for whatever reason the cameras would show up and everybody would I mean nobody wanted to
4: be on camera and you know it's interesting because you guys I feel took a risk a a social risk putting the show out there because it does open this conversation that even as you're filming the show people are still afraid to openly talk about marijuana like even even when Steph came to me and was like hey Meredith do you want to do this show I was like wow is this going to is this going to have a, a bad reflection on me? And I'm like, you, you know what? I feel so strongly mm-hmm. about this that we need to talk about it. I felt the same way. And I feel like, you know, the conversation, good or bad, needs to be had. And I think it's really unfortunate that the other, uh, m- you know, marijuana shops, especially off of Airport Row, f- didn't feel that they should speak because I think that would have helped ease the stigma that we have on this topic.
0: Well, yeah, and we, we wanted to know their opinion on yeah. it. it. And, but I, uh, yeah, unfortunately, we couldn't get it.
4: Yeah, but luckily it looks like you have a, a woman who is very vocal with her opinion right. who spoke for, them. <laughs> for them, all Catherine, them.
0: Catherine is very vocal with her opinion. She's kind. She will, she will answer you guys very honestly, I'm sure.
2: <laughs> I know it's gonna be a, it's gonna be super fun next week. But you know what? In this episode, you know, again, it's like it's like I love her, but I want like, but I don't, but I do, but I don't no. like. Of course, I love her, but I, you know, because she's smart. She's she is, super she smart. Very you
3: know? What did y'all
0: think about the end of the episode?
2: Well, I loved it. And for me, you know, right before the end when she's talking about the new warehouse and everything, I was just like, she's brilliant. Well, she doesn't, <laughs> like, the, the when she was like, I don't want to own 50 liquor stores, I want to own Coors. And the fact that she said Coors, Coors. was awesome, yeah, like Coors Rocky. But it was
4: like, <laughs> duh. But what confused me was that she went from re- representative to entrepreneur in that yes, moment. Yes. She wasn't just yep. someone talking about helping other people. She's like, no, I want to cut of this for myself. She's brilliant. Oh, mm-hmm. I got the chills. I can't wait. I love smart
2: those people.
0: Um, and that was something we didn't know about when we started shooting with Catherine.
3: Oh, and then... So then was until
0: later mm-hmm. that we found out that she was actually, had a stake in the business. Oh. And that you, again, you'll see much more of that in episodes after four.
4: She yeah. she played it so well. She does. And again, yeah, she,
2: I, I feel like she's the one that is thinking, you know, mm-hmm. down the line. Like, when this stuff's legal, federally, I want to be able to cross state line mm-hmm. Because, again, it's like you're not going to have gardens popping up everywhere. You're right. going to have dispensaries. Yeah. So where are they going to get this stuff? And if you've already established it and if you've already done the, the testing and the technology or the science or whatever you want to call it to make these certain strains and to say this does that, this does that, you know, she's going to already – like, why would you not go to someone that's already... It's been field-tested, pretty mm-hmm. much.
3: Well, let's talk about the fact that she just introduced that, but we see in the same episode that Brian has to kill half of his... Oh. Not half. I don't even like, remember how many. It was 20 many. to it 30% so of much.
2: 1,800 plants.
3: Where his grower was just talking about how in a few months they're going to have mo- like millions of dollars yes. worth, and they had to kill them all off, and that's crazy because that brings the the competition a little bit down for Catherine to then move in once they're ready.
0: You know, well, that, that, was, that was one of the craziest days. About to talk
3: to I'm sure. Wouldn't I want to. I want to hear about that. I, I know. I feel yeah. like you kind of like even uh, you're on the. I don't know. I mean, I have nothing to do with the, the growing of marijuana, <laughs> but I'm like, don't show it. Don't mm-hmm. say anything. Just take the plants over there. Like, who cares? It's like, I don't want to see again, it put down. down.
2: That's again why I love Brian and Caitlin so much because they're it. doing everything legit. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I don't know. I'm a very honest person, mm-hmm. but I don't know that I wouldn't have packed in a few plants in the Are car. Are you and kidding taken me? Up. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It's like well, they're they're taking they're getting like they're taking their money like left right and center from mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. they're giving money to people that don't support them Mm they're trying to kick them out and it's like what now you're gonna make me kill
4: a million dollars worth of plants and and i'm gonna actually ask this to patrick because my boyfriend asked just out loud when watching that he's like if if the crew wasn't there do you think they would have moved those plants under the cover of darkness
0: no, no. Brian would have done.
4: that's fant- I mean, but that's no so fantastic. Is, is, yeah. and that does a lot. Yeah. About it. Mm-hmm. And it, it just, and, and then it,
0: mm-hmm. it's it, not worth the risk. Yeah, I mean, you risk you Everything. risk a million dollars, you know, worth of potential profit over lo- literally losing your, your life and yeah. yes. to where you can never work in the industry again.
4: And it is. So that, there was
0: never any. You know, they didn't they didn't uh, struggle over that decision at all. Uh,
4: yeah, and, just, go ahead. What? I was just gonna say that the, their their commitment to this as a business is just. So fantastic for me. It's
2: not... For me, yes, their commitment, but it's also their understanding. Their yeah. understanding that. that it's going to be new um, new barriers. There's going to be growing pains. They're pioneering a new industry so they know that this is what kind of happens. But again, it's like like mentally and emotionally the toughness that they have to have in order to day after day... Do something, or not day after day, but time after time, do something that does
4: makes no sense and hurts their business. For these people, that again that don't are going to hurt their business. They don't but, understand but what the business. they're, yeah, what they're showing is that not everyone involved with pot is a criminal. These are yes. are, are upstanding That's citizens who are working. The, at this, as an understanding and mm-hmm. and from a business point of view, they are not doing criminal activities like like you know like my boyfriend asked. They aren't choosing to just sneak a couple plants or like move them under the cover of darkness. They are doing everything legit and by the book, and I think that's a very important thing to show that that marijuana can be a non-criminal activity right but in the same sense i mean you know
2: not to completely just play devil's advocate yeah. but look at why any law is you know oh, like yeah. does there really need to be a drinking and driving law like people should know that's a to dumb not, thing yeah. to yeah, do but, but it's like you have those people that don't follow the norm or don't have the uh, common yeah, there's sense all, there's, so the law is yeah. always for the extreme people that are going to break it rather than the... The laws aren't for the law of followers. Yeah, They're and, for the law and, of And price.
4: anyone can make a normal everyday business thing into a criminal activity. Money laundering, yeah. uh, you know, stocks. There's, there's, You know, you could steal from the till at your coffee shop. <laughs> but to, to take... What I'm saying is we're, we're taking an activity that has so much negative stigma attached to it. When, when the general population thinks about going to buy marijuana, they think it's a shady deal on a street corner or some cartel. But these are people who are, who are showing, putting their life out there for all to see that this is above the, uh, it's above the bar. It's, it's on the level, and I and I think that's an important thing to take note of, that, yeah. you know, it's not just a, a bad uh, – <laughs> it's just not, it's not just a, a negative criminal industry. I think we should Cremant. say on camera
0: – That's an amazing so visualization of them destroying the weed. That's an amazing visualization of the representation of oh, how crazy yeah. the uh, the regulations are in this mm-hmm. business. That, was that they had to do that.
2: And I think, too, we'll see – I hope we'll mm-hmm. see those regulations – change because, again, they do, you know, when you have the beginning of anything, it's like you do, they don't know. And no, no. one knows. So it's like, it's in some ways, too, you can't really fault all the laws that are mm-hmm. being put in place because they don't really, Trying. it's new for everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's just crazy. When you see them just shredding it up, you're just like, oh, that's Those really happening. Were like,
3: that was like their worst day. Yeah. Ever. And it was just,
2: you know, if you take that to any business, you know, if you, I used to work in the t-shirt industry, you know, if someone came in and was like, you or, like, water leak happened and destroyed that amount of stuff. Oh, like, yeah. that's just heartbreaking. And it's like, they just figured
3: it out! Yeah, yeah. totally. So... But uh, I'm sorry, I just had to point out what <laughs> Steph <laughs> kind of wrote.
4: <laughs> Steph she, has some very honest notes here.
3: <laughs> very honest notes about the plant shredding. She was a little upset about it, and she wrote it down, so we're just, we're just putting that out I there. I have in bold a million <laughs> bucks of plant shredding. Holy beep. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was awesome.
2: Oh, well, but it's, it's literally... Like, that's crazy. That yeah. would never fl- – I mean, not that it would never fly. I'm sure it happens. But if you think about the fight that any other business owner would do right. if, if that yeah. was to happen or if someone was to come in yeah. when they have so many laws that aren't really in concrete yet and it's such a a, a weird thing that's happening if someone was to come in – I feel like most people would put up a fight against that totally. and they, like they were just couldn't. like they just nope couldn't. this is what we gotta do yeah. like we gotta just you know Brian, swallow this
3: one Brian's really smart in that fact that I feel like even dealing with the council I mean I loved when he called Gary Freeze out for being an illegal act by saying something <laughs> Oh, yeah, he, which was counsel. kind of awesome. He said, um,
2: I haven't written down yet. He gets up, Gary, uh, thank you for openly committing a Class 4 <laughs> felony by intimidating a public official with economic reprisal.
3: And you have the mayor calling, okay, Brian, let's not be cute. You know, he is. he's he's smart. Go ahead, Patrick.
0: No, but if you look at that, if you watch that scene, mm-hmm. I mean, that was like what, what Gary said. Uh, you know, I'm not a lawyer. I don't want to say anything legally with that, but it was right there on the line with what brian accused him of mm-hmm. right and when you watch elizabeth lawrence ben brewer who's wearing red right next to elizabeth and then mark burke they flip out yeah, oh, he, yeah. gary freeze says that to elizabeth because they're thinking the same thing that brian's thinking and john warner the mayor kind of shut it down yeah. And yeah i don't know if he actually should have shut that down really because that's uh that was a, a very big deal, a very big statement that Gary made. So I mean, it was People huge. were really upset on the council by that.
3: I like that he shut it down only for the fact that then if he did need to look into it or talk to him about it, I don't think it should have been done right there. But, like, I thought that was good to kind of shut Brian up because it's not Brian's fight then. That's obviously more intense and more of a legal matter, I guess. But um, I, um what I was saying about Brian is that he is smart enough. I think the mayor is really smart. You could just see these kind of... um calm tactics. So when people are naive and don't know their business or, or, believe in what they're doing they kind of get heated and raise their voices and they raise you know you could just see the stress all over them Brian stays really cool and it just is a testament to like what he believes in his business what he knows and if he doesn't know he wants to find out and I I really commend him for that and um, I'm going to say the same for Elizabeth because even when she was called out and we have to talk about her but like in this whole episode but she stayed so calm too and we saw the, the fight in her head about what to do well, because of her own life and business
2: Am I the only one? and Maybe I read this wrong. Am I the only one that kind of thought Elizabeth was a little scandalous in the beginning when she was complaining about how much money Brian and Caitlyn gave her?
4: She, she was just I wouldn't to- say scandalous. I think I think she had expectations that she never made, like, an honest voice to that. But that feeds into what she's being accused it, of. It well, it does, but I think, I mean, she, she seems young. I mean, again, I don't know her. I only know her from the show. She seems young. She seems green. Um, And, and, and having dealt with small-town politics, it's, it's very unfortunate because, you know, there are things that... It, People contribute. You you contribute to cause. What what Brian and BCC did by contributing to her campaign, they didn't cross any legal lines. Mm-hmm. What they did was within the the law of contributing. Her expectations were probably a little too much. Well, uh, but look, she's the, getting half yeah, a million from exactly. some other contributors. But, but you know, on, that's what she's thinking. On the flip, yeah. On the flip side, what Gary did and the the way him and his wife put on other people to not contribute for her job, like they the fact that they made a town politic issue into a personal yes. matter attacking someone's job wrong. crossed the Way line wrong. And, yeah. and 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 in any in and, and uh the mayor or other people um elizabeth herself she could bring that an issue and she could file a formal complaint uh and censor him for that and he could even f- possibly again i'm not super right faithful, but, but again but
2: he, uh, yes and no because i feel like i feel like she's almost like, by her saying that makes me feel like she's guilty of doing things for the people that bring in the money, which we see she did at the end of the day. She decides to, when she meets with. Uh, what was that other name? And uh, lady's Aaron. name when yeah, she meets Aaron. with Aaron? Yeah, she says that you know I don't want to back off. Or well, even when she meets with Brian and Caitlin, she's like, if I back off now, what's going to happen next time and next time and next time? But then she but ultimately winds up backing
4: off. How yeah. is this any different from lobbyists because on she's Capitol scared, Hill, dude? Oh, it's it's, it's no exactly. Politics—it's
2: so
3: money and politics. Run it, but,
4: Patrick. Yeah.
3: I want to hear your opinion of that because you mm-hmm. were there.
0: That situation was a messy one. It was kind of a unique situation for our crew because that whole thing blew up again after the council was considering adding more shops. And then this petition came out. And this petition came out among some very wealthy residents. And that thing gained a ton of speed in a matter of literally like a couple of days.
1: Wow.
0: And from our perspective, it was really interesting because Brian's hunting, they don't know what's going on. Brian and Caitlin had no idea that this wave of opposition was building at that time. And I had council members reaching out to me, literally saying, where the hell are Brian and Caitlin? Why are they not talking about this? Like we're getting attacked left and right and they're nowhere to be found. And it was interesting because I'm like, they just assume that everything I talked about with Elizabeth or John Warner or Catherine or whoever, that, we're telling Brian and Caitlin that, which is <laughs> right. not the case. Yeah, Nobody knew what we were talking to other people about. So Brian and Caitlin literally had no idea, and I'm, I'm telling council members, this is not my place to inform them right. to what's happened to me yeah. in the town.
4: You're just there you to want observe. you to talk to them
0: about it, you have to do that, which is... Super strange.
4: Yeah, I, I guess it's where they didn't realize that you were doing a docu docu series versus a reality show. They, you know, they had these preconceived notions with how television works, and you were you were just there to observe and record. No. Plus, it's a small town, so yeah, that's talks true. Yeah, everybody everybody does does talk. Yeah. and they're
3: thinking mm-hmm. if they're not the ones to do it, then obviously someone else is, and that's not the case. So yeah, um, yeah. I just thought it was so interesting. This was about one thing. Again, not black and white, but obviously it's about, you know, trying to see if they should stay or leave Main Street. It turns into somebody bringing up the fact of what if there's eight or ten on Main Street and then it becomes a political, you know, battle battle. Yeah, Yeah, that has nothing to do with that kind of. And it does get intense and it does show true colors of some people like Elizabeth when she's going back and forth and kind of. You know, you you do feel for her because she's talking about her family and how she's get, being attacked because of her job job, and this has been you know. I'm not saying that I would like you know in I'm, I
2: haven't been in her position, right. so I'm not saying what she did is wrong. wrong. I'm just saying that it seemed a little scandalous to it's me that she was she was scared. But if yeah. so, if Brian and Caitlin would have gave her. More you money, know, $100,000 which she have been... stood her no. ground. You know, like, for yeah. me, that's a little bit... When, totally. you, when you enter it in that way, it's not as legit as, you know, some of the other council members keeping their but opinions. Exactly. You know what I also thought was really interesting? The back and forth was between Catherine and Mike... Derek or Dick or whatever, Derek. yeah. Um, how she was pretty much being like, well, now who do I support? Yeah. So she was contemplating supporting the supporting the people and wanted to support the people that were anti marijuana because Brian wanted to fight it alone. So that was a really interesting situation as well. That's it's something like, we have to talk to her about. I like, can't. Wait. I know it's yeah. too
3: much. We're gonna need two shows with her right now. Yeah, <laughs> well, maybe we'll just go longer. But um.
2: Yeah, I thought that was very interesting. And you see, Catherine kind of—you see her making her way. She meets with Mike. She meets with Elizabeth. She finally meets with Brian as well. Mm -hmm. She's
3: kind of making her rounds. She's got a bigger plan. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. And she doesn't really. Yeah, she hasn't exposed too much of her side and her opinions. No, she's keeping her cards close. She's She's just like, let me see your cards. You're right. What do you got over there?
2: All right, cool. How can I use yours to benefit (laughs) my hand? All right, sweet. I'll see you later. That's what she's doing, uh-huh. which is brilliant. Yeah. It makes for good, you know, business and for good television. Yeah. Um, all right, what else? Was there anything else on this episode that anyone, you know, wanted to touch on before we wrap it up here?
4: Anyone? Anyone? No, I mean, we covered the, the politics, the council meeting. That was kind of my big, my big sticking point for this episode. Yeah.
2: Oh, you know what else I wanted to, you know, it's funny how, Something that came up for me and maybe like you guys seeing it there, Patrick, you know, you can tell us a little about that. Um, all these regulations for like the labeling, it's it like and all this stuff that happens at the, you know, the BCC Garden and also happens at the store. It's like they it's like they don't have these regulations, but they do. So and, you know, is it I almost felt like they're trying to put these things in place to make it harder for these people, because mm-hmm. like, you know, you see the the scene with Josh from the BCC saying like the state system and the point of sale system aren't matching up. It like I feel like they just keep making them jump through hoops to see if they're you know a legit enough business to be smart enough. It's like they're almost trying to fail them on a technicality. Mm-hmm. Rather, you know, is that was that a feeling at all?
0: It's a combination. It's it shows just how insane the regulations are that they literally they have to track every plant from seed to sale. Um, in this and update it daily at the end of business every day. And we interviewed in episode four, Louis Kosky, who's the head of the MED. He's the guy yeah. that runs the entire marijuana.
1: Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. He
0: oversees all of it in Colorado. And part of their being that stringent and tracking it from seed to sale is the government is learning what they can expect. So that they can catch things that they will know in the future should not be happening. All
1: right. Well, so that's, that's how long fair. does it take that's to go fair. from
0: seed to sale? How much, you know, patterns and and sales trends and how much is going out the door and, and you know how that works because they're trying to figure that out so that they can make sure cartels aren't getting involved, black markets not seeping through. So it's it's insane the amount of regulations that you have to deal with and the amount of taxes that that these businesses have to be paying over right now
2: which is kind of again i go back to and maybe i'm just too much of you know an open thinker in the fact where it's like i feel like the government and these places would would want these businesses that now they know are legit like brian and caitlin stores and a few of these businesses where they can be like hey guys let us you know implement these rules for you guys so that we can see where we're wrong rather than assuming that you're wrong
4: and it, all, it just seems like Colorado is kind of the, the testing ground for this, because I think, you know, more states every year vote to legalize marijuana on a rec- rec- recreational level. And I think I think we're going to see more in the next voting season, too. And I think we can learn a lot from the good and the bad with with Colorado. And it is important that they do this because, you know, in, even in any legit business, um, criminal elements can get involved. And I think, you know, especially with this and with how close we are to a lot of the, the cartel issues down in Mexico Um, it's, it is very important that they keep a strict eye on this. I mean, that's, you know, something I've seen firsthand out of Mexico. What, what happens there? And, you know, I think having the government regulation is, is only a smart thing. And if it has to be really stringent and strict right now, it's only to, Understand and, and, and make a better policy down the I line. I agree
2: with what you're saying, but what I'm saying is the approach can be very different. Mm-hmm. The approach but, cannot it, be that we're being so strict on you because we assume that you're doing something wrong. But
4: we're just seeing what's happening in Breckenridge. We don't, right. you know, as as the show states, that every city has its own, you know, they're rules. regulating it themselves. Mm-hmm. So, is, am I correct, right, Patrick? <laughs>
0: The inventory is state mandated. Okay. Though. Oh all yeah. The okay. Tracking systems. Yeah, that's all run through the MED. So every yeah. every recreational shop so, has to do gotcha. the exact same yeah. thing
3: with their inventory. What, what you, inventory versus like everything else that should be that's regulated what I'm yeah. that should so have it have something I, to do with it. And that's what I'm saying. Like I, I in a perfect world
2: that relationship could be like. I feel like again anything that the BCC or, or whoever doesn't abide by these regulations, these taggings, they'll get in trouble. But if you know the They are doing everything right, and it gives some sort of information feedback where the state is like, oh, wait, we shouldn't do it this way because it doesn't make sense. They're not going to
4: get in trouble. I wonder how it um, compares to how the pharmaceutical industry is regulated. Hmm. Well, I mean, that's a whole nother. No, I'm just saying. I'm. I'm, I'm I'm That's a a whole nother show. But no, I'm just saying in terms of of how inventory is tracked, like say, uh, you know, a a Vicodin pill drug or even Sudafed. Um, how you know over the, the stuff you have to go? You can't just buy over the counter. You have to thre- show your mm-hmm. ID. I wonder how marijuana is tracked in relation to those. You know, if, if they kind of develop their plan based on that, it's a, it's a question. I don't know the answer to.
3: I just think something that makes this show so great is that this business or industry is going to move so fast, and if they can, if this exposes anything, it's hopefully that anyone in charge understands how fast they have to move with regulations on mm-hmm. every part of it and. I'm not saying to regulate every part of it. Sometimes maybe that's not the best answer for this business. I just think that this exposes that and makes people, you better start thinking out there, lawmakers and everybody involved. Because, and not for nothing, us, we have the right to vote for people that we agree with. And, you Mm -hmm. know, politics, I want to, like, literally strangle money and politics. Like, that's a whole other show. Yeah. um, you know, it just opens that conversation. You just, you, it's gonna have to move fast. That's it. It's gonna
2: move, well, I don't know. I feel like, yes, it's gonna move fast, but I feel like the, the government or the regulators of this stuff are gonna make sure that they do it in a way that benefits them. So I don't of think course. they're just gonna throw out a bunch of regulations that don't make sense for them. Because, you know, it's been, you know, over a year now, right. and that's a mm-hmm. lot of time, and they didn't move so fast because no. they're still, you Look, know, they keep changing things. they extending their uh, yeah. the
3: main street business, uh, yeah. you know, so proposition.
0: Um, it, it goes back to the whole not being black and white. You'll see it in, yeah, totally. in episodes coming up. We talked to a whole lot more law enforcement, a whole lot of other people, and oh, that's cool. a lot of twists and turns in these episodes coming up.
2: All right. awesome well Patrick thank you so much for calling and talking with us if you would like to call back we'd love to have <laughs> you um, what- thank y'all
0: so much for talking about the show Oh, um, no, I really I, it.
2: It's hard to not talk about it. You know? It is. I remember, like, I remember seeing. You know, I was actually. uh It was in April, I guess, mm-hmm. when I saw the first. You know, CNN thing that this was show was going to happen. I was like, oh my god, I want to cover this show. Like, what do I have to do? <laughs> no. And I wrote AfterBuzz an email. I'm like, hey guys, you know, we don't really cover a lot of shows like this, but I want to do this one. And we got a panel together, so it's been a really, really fun ride. And we appreciate you guys reaching out to us yeah, and yeah. you know, giving, becoming on the show, and all the support we've got from you guys to make our show as legit as possible. So, um, yeah, again, we'd love to have you back, maybe this finale mm-hmm. or something like that. And um, what are there any other projects you'd like to tell people that you're working on or tell the people where they can find you on social media to keep up with you?
0: Yeah, the company's called Batbridge Entertainment. Um, that's probably the best way to find me through that and, and our company. We're working on a lot of stuff right now, but unfortunately <laughs> I can't uh, I can't talk about any of the things that we're working on. Sweet. Well I need, cool.
1: need cool. <laughs> I need a cool. job if you need any
2: producers. A job. So uh, we'll uh we'll keep it, you know, the conversation going and hopefully we'll be able to cover some of those shows as well. Um, and again, thank you so much for coming
3: and, uh, until next week, Andrew, where can the people find you? Hey guys, find me at Andy Fasano, A-N-D-I, my last name Fasano, um, Instagram, Twitter and Periscope.
4: Actually, I've been doing some of that. All right, And you can always find me on Instagram, Twitter, Periscope, and most social media at M Sweet, and you guys can keep this conversation going
2: with me at I A M S T E F Z. And guys, check out we have a lot of really cool things going on here at Afterbuzz TV. We've got I don't know if you guys heard, but Maria Menunos, the CEO of Afterbuzz TV, she has created this new show called Dance Battle. I have actually been privy to be there for the filming of some of this stuff. It's super awesome. It's like on the holidays you get together with your friends. Anyway, this show has become an ABC show, so you guys can go, you guys can join you can show your videos they pick people you gotta google it it's dance battles it's awesome there's a lot of buzz around it her the Huff family a bunch of them have gotten together it's no, so, no, really, say really Dance fun. Battle,
4: we're we talking like West Side Story dance off
3: battle because that's yeah. be awesome yeah. I've seen it on Instagram they do it for Christmas and the holiday season nice. yeah awesome. we did
2: it for Memorial Day oh, it was fun. super duper fun so you guys can all go to um, dance battle to get involved you and your family Get it together. Get your little elf done. A little <laughs> dancing. I'll be on your team. I need a new team. No. Um, and you know, make sure you keep subscribing to our YouTube channel, podcast, one iTunes, everywhere you can find us. We love your comments and questions. Thank you again, Patrick, for coming on our show. And yeah, we will be here next so week much. in the studio live mm-hmm. with Catherine Grimm. We're super <laughs> pumped. Catherine. Until next time.